Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Resilient Science, the show where we spend 10 to 15 minutes each week trying to better understand a topic around hockey, rehab, and the science behind it. I'm Dr. Ben Cernick. I'm a doctor of chiropractic, I'm a strength coach, and a goalie coach. And as always, I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Hello, Ben. I'm Jamie Phillips. I am a physical therapy student. I have a master's of science in exercise science and physiology. I'm a strength coach, and I played professional hockey for four years. And Ben, so we are a science talk, and this week we have some science. This might be, I don't want to say this is the first week, but this is, it's, it's, this is definitely the most science we're going yeah, to talk we about got, so far. We were talking science previously, but a lot of it more was like real world application, yeah. uh, which is, you know, what, it's important because like studies only can do so much. Mm-hmm. You have to, how are you going to apply it? Um, but I haven't read the paper you're going to talk about because you brought it up. You kind of surprised me out of the blue with this one. No prior. Hey, heads nope. up. This is what we're talking about. But I want you to dive deep into it because I think, well, it's not, I think this is, this is a big argument in strike training and like sports training in general. And I think that there's going to be a lot of benefits to those listening, if, especially if they are someone who trains on their own and doesn't follow a trainer or they're with a trainer and they're not super sure if they're training in a great way or something that's going to transfer the best over to their sport. Yeah. So this is a, this is a new paper. Uh, it's a preprint, which means it just just kind of came out in the last week, uh, and and the authorship group is dynamite. So the people who conducted this study, uh, I would you know put a, a lot of trust in them based on their previous work. They're all amazing, smart people. But the paper is called "Partial versus Full Range of Motion Resistance Training: A Systematic Review and Meta Analysis." And the authors are I'm gonna I do not know the first author off the top of my head, but Milo Wolf. And then Patrick Close, Andrew Lacus, Gorakakis, and then kind of the big three in this world, James Fisher, Brad Schoenfeld, and James Steele. Um, so the author group here is, again, like I said, dynamite. And what this paper is, is it's kind of like, a, it's a big summary. So it's a, it's a research summary and synthesis of a bunch of other studies um, that have been done before and trying to kind of pool all the information together to give us an answer around what's better for us. If it's partial range of motion, so not going like, 
full butt to bottom in a squat or going halfway or half squats, which one's better, which one's better long-term for us and, and what's helpful. And this paper is again, great because they kind of looked at a, a lot of the questions that most of us would have around this topic. It's like, when should I do one? Is one okay? Is it really bad if I don't do one? Like all those things that I think most people are concerned about, right? Like how many people have you met who are like, oh, if you're not fully training to full depth, like you're not maximizing everything, right? Like mm-hmm. there's that, there's that huge belief. And then on the other vein, there's people who are like, oh, that's not safe to do full range of motion, right? Like, so you're telling me that this paper is going to answer the question, are eccentric isometrics, (laughs) a made up term, the best Uh, way to train? The answer to that is yes. Um, (laughs) I'm fine saying that. Yeah. But to kind of just kind of get right to the point. So we can actually start talking about this. The, The big findings were that like collectively for, for strength, um, for hypertrophy. So again, muscle growth, there's a, a small benefit um, to training in full range of motion over partial range of motion. Not like a huge one, not like a, it's going to change your whole life. If you, if you don't go full depth or if you do go full depth for your, for your uh, exercises, but enough that like, if you're deciding which one to pick for, you, it's probably a little bit better to go full range of motion in that time being. Um, the second thing that I think is really interesting is that, in this paper, the authors found that like when the testing condition, so let's say like the testing condition was a full squat. Um, they found that studies that ch- tested a full squat as their outcome, the people who did full squat training compared to half squat training did better in full squats, which like shouldn't be too surprising. Like training to do something in the full range you needed to test it is probably better. Mm. Um, and I think that's really important. And then one kind of final conclusion that we'll start chatting away at this is that the authors found that like, again, you you can do both, right? Like, let's say you're someone who's getting into resistance training and like getting into a really deep squat is hard for you right now. Like it feels uncomfortable. You can still get a ton of benefit from partial range of motion training. And I think that's really important. And there's also an argument to be made for using partial ranges of motion for like power training. And we can talk about that a little bit after too, but to kind of lead us off, Jamie, like what are you kind of surprised by the results? Like, would you be surprised if I said that like full range of motion is a little bit better for strength than hypertrophy? Like, does that surprise you at all? No, no. And, and like I say, so coming from 10,000 feet, we haven't read the study in detail. So we're this, this is specifically on strength and hypertrophy training. We're not talking about sports transferability just yet. Uh, no. And because for me, it would just be like, if you are, activating that muscle in the full range you're also getting a little bit more increased time under tension which overall would benefit plus like you said if the testing parameters require say power output but you were required to do a full squat you're like an atg squat then training that way is going to have a lot of benefit it just it just makes sense so i'm not really surprised uh one bit i think what you touch we'll talk about later just terms of like power training like jump training and like and that kind of stuff but no no i i think this is this is something we preach where try to train through a full range of motion as much as possible especially for like goalies and hockey players because we do a lot of movements in our end ranges of motions or through a larger range than say someone who is like a you know a power lifter or whatever um so i think it's important to have strength in that range it's from a, definitely from an injury perspective and also from a sports performance perspective. Yeah. I think like the part that complements this nicely, right. Is we have like a, a, an early understanding that like 
something that might help um, reduce the the like odds of being injured is being trained through like full range of motion that you might experience in a game, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that's one of the big things is like you you should be loading through those end ranges because your body's going to be put there in competition settings. And you don't want that to be like the first time your body has been in that position. Cause that's going to feel yeah. pretty terrible. I think we've all been there before where we've done something where we're like, Holy cow, I've never done that before. And now I, that felt wrong. <laughs> that, yeah. did, that didn't feel normal. And I think when we're talking about that, we can, we can, we'll get into it briefly. So it, that's where a lot, it might be on the surface where that quote unquote sports specific training where it's like, Hey, I'm a goalie. So I'm going to go in a butterfly and do power cleans or something because they're like, well, it mimics my sport. I'm getting that exact range. Um, there's a couple of things on that. One, if you're in the gym, your goal is not to be better, like a better goalie or a better hockey player. Your goal is to be a better athlete mm-hmm. and do exercises that have higher transferability. And I think the semantics of that are important where when looking at exercise selection, you're looking at exercises yep. that are going to transfer the best to your sport. Um, and then it also comes from just like, loading your muscles too like mm-hmm. you don't need your if you're doing say a half split and you're a goalie and you put 135 pounds in your back and you can do it that's that's great is it going to make you a better goalie maybe not is it going to make you less prone to injury probably not because you're also not having 135 extra pounds of load in your like on the ice so a lot of it, it's just like time, well, one time management. If you have 900 hours to train and you never get sore and you're somehow a perfect recovery, should do whatever you want. But if you're the normal person, you have an hour, hour and a half, like you're, you need to maximize the amount of time that you're, you're using. So when we're talking about full range. We're talking about like traditional strength training, mm-hmm. choosing exercise with high transferability, and then trying to maximize the amount of range that you can get through that. And then again, like you're worried about your sport do follow a good strength program and we can put you, point you in the direction of that and then go do your sport as specific yep. as possible. Don't try to bring the ice to the gym. Don't try to bring the gym to the ice or whatever it is, whether it's baseball, tennis, whatever your sport is, keep those, keep those separate and choose exercises for transferability. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a great point. I think like a really good example of that um, is like, let's take, like you put, you had a good post this week, Jamie, about your uh, your Bulgarian split squats or your rear foot elevated split squats, um, which I think is like a pretty fundamental exercise. Like I think if you could only pick one lower body exercise as a goalie, that's a pretty good one to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so that allows again one kind of range of motion. You can work on a lot of strength. Again, it can work on a rate of force production, so getting more powerful. But again, you can complement that with something like a, a really like a slow or an eccentric lateral lunge that like really forces you to sit deep into a lateral lunge into your hip position. Mm-hmm. And like, congratulations, now you've covered like a, a wide full range of lower body movements. Yeah. And like, you, you don't need to load that. Like, I wouldn't load that lateral lunge the same way that I would load uh, your foot elevated split squat. Right. Because again, like you said, the transferability, we're working on different things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that's for so like when I like when I do like all my strength programs I run for for goal and goalies and players is there there'll be quote unquote mobility sessions, but all mm-hmm. that is is just targeted end range strengthening. Yep. So not try like some of them, yes, some of them, these positions are similar to what you would do on the ice, but that's not the focus. 
the focus is to get an, your muscle elongated and strengthen. So most of these, there's almost no weight, basically body weight, you're working against gravity and just mm-hmm. getting some reps at some end ranges. But that's not the bulk of the training. That's accessory stuff on top of the main component, which is the strength training. And all my programs say the goal is to hit full ranges of motion and then progress in weight that way. Mm-hmm. Because I'm unless you're you know, unless you're a power lifter. And then if you're a power lifter, your goal is just to hit the standards. Yeah. As strong as you can hit the standards, don't have to go any lower. Okay. If you want to squat ATG when you when you're a power lifter, sure. But if in competition you just squat to slightly below parallel and get your thumbs up, I have no problem to do it. It's just like, and this we're gonna I'm gonna go down a, a rabbit hole for sure. But it's like, it's like you see some people on Instagram saying like, oh, if you if you can't do an ATG squat barefoot, then you're not a human or whatever. Like you're you're suboptimal. It's like if you can do an ATG squat barefoot, is it better? Maybe I don't Maybe. know. I guess it depends what you know. define it's- better. You're better at doing uh, a yeah, squat in bare feet. So, <laughs> but if you're someone who is just trying to get look better and get stronger, then just sure. continuously progress and load and, and like progressive overload. Or if you're someone who competes in a sport that requires you to squat, make sure that you're squatting how you would in your competition because that is your your sport. Now, if you're, you know, you're a hockey player or a goalie, your sport isn't squatting. Your goal should be to try to get the end range of motion. Do you have to do it barefoot? No. You need to elevate your heels? Sure. You know, because the goal of the squat is to get stronger through your full range. And so, mm-hmm. like, people will be able to be saying, well, wouldn't it be? Like, sure. If you want to take the time to, to, to spend four hours a day mobilizing your ankles just to not squat any deeper, sure. Or you can just get some weightlifting shoes or elevate your heels. And then all of a sudden, you're, hey, now you're in a good position. And you're getting a lot of that. You're getting all like basically all the benefits because just it's, I don't know. I get frustrated when I see that same with like toe spacers and how, yeah. if you're not spacing your toes, then you're somehow like ruining human your evolution feet. or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to like tie back into that, I, I think like if we put arbitrary standards on people and forget that people are just built different a lot of the time. Yeah. Right. Like you're a solid three, maybe four inches taller than me, Jamie. What do you, you mm-hmm. list yourself at what? Six, three and a half. I'm st- I'm six four, like six three and a bit. So I just yeah. round up six four. Yeah. So you're a solid four inches taller than me. Um, I stand beside you. We look objectively different because you're taller than me, but mm-hmm. we also have completely different limb ratios, like yeah. femur to shin. So like what I can do is not a fair comparison to what you can do because your like your anatomy is just different, right? And like for again, for those who are listening who don't know, like I had a baseball and like weightlifting backgrounds, like the sport of weightlifting. So I can sit in a full complete squat and I've been able to do that for like 15 years. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't put that standard on any other goalie because I have a unique sport background. I spent my whole time, like my whole life doing that. So like, why would I expect goalies who never need to do that to be able to do that right away? And some can, like some people can, but it doesn't mean that. Anyways, getting away from that, one other thing that I wanted to yeah. talk about based on this is like this idea that like partial range of motion training is still good. And so again, hand up, it is. Yes. Like I, like there's nothing wrong with partial range of motion training at all here. So just because there's a maybe a small benefit to full range that this study kind of showed, uh, partial range is still great. You're like just being in the gym in general, still getting a good quality reps in, awesome. So this is a really exciting point for people who are maybe concerned that they're like having a hard time 
you know, like getting super deep in a squat, like we're talking about. Right. And like, even Jamie, when you were training, like probably getting more serious into training, like 10, 11 years ago, like I can't imagine that you had the easiest time getting into a super deep squat at that point in your life. No, even now I, I still like, it feels like I'm squatting so low. And then I watch my videos back and I'm barely like just breaking 90. So what I do, I just, I elevate my heels. Yeah. And, but my goal is just to be healthier and stronger and lift more weight. So it doesn't, really matter that much for me but like like you're talking about partial there are some times where partial training partial range training is the goal yeah specifically you see a lot in like jump training because for some reason like jump training is like really popular right now like um, weighted like squat jumps right like you put a barbell yeah. on your back right like you're you're not those are great for force development like you're only going like a quarter of the way down otherwise you could like you're never going to create enough speed and force right so- and like when you jump you only squat a quarter of the way down so load that and improve that along with some like really good plyometrics and like a smartly pro like program 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 and <laughs> <laughs> say that 10 times fast and then you're going to get some benefits so like train just is essentially the overarching theme is just like strength training is good <laughs> no matter <laughs> how you do it it is good yeah yeah exactly so strength training is good there's ways that can be better like i guess yeah. like our and again like stepping away from this paper our big thing is like, again, when you're going into the gym, we've said this a bunch in the past and we'll continue saying it in the future. Your job is to get a better athlete. Your job is to get stronger. Your job is to be able to create more force. Hopefully that translates to being um, like faster in general um, or more explosive when we, when we take that back onto the ice. Um, and so maximize your time that lets you do that, right? Like <laughs> it's not always about lifting the heaviest weight possible, but if you're severely limiting the amount of weight you can move because you're putting weird like twists on things like shaking barbells or doing stuff from your knees that you could just be doing from your feet. Um, you're minimizing your ability to, to improve. Yeah. Right. Cause you're just not maximizing yeah. your time. I think, I don't know sure if I said this on here, but I said it before where it's like someone I got, I got into a, a brief argument with another goalie trainer and I'm going to use a, a they, they going to not going to give you any hints, but they said that, um, they're like, well, there's no right or wrong answer. And that's the, the the beauty of it. And I said, you're not, you're not incorrect, but there are some ways that are better than others. And if you're going from New York to LA, you can drive or take a train, or you can take a boat and go through the Panama Canal and come back around, <laughs> or you can get on the plane. And those are all methods of transportation. Just some of them are objectively better than others in terms of efficiency and speed and, and that stuff. And so that's where my argument was, is yeah, you can do exercises like this and you're going to get some benefit or you can do these and get a lot more benefit a lot more quickly with a lot less energy and time spent and then focus that on going to be a goalie. And so that's where like, you know, opinions and personal beliefs and biases always come into play. And yeah, for sure. I can definitely, I'm definitely biased in my opinions, but my opinions are also based on like evidence science so yeah so that take that from what what you will i mean i don't think there's anything else we need to say beyond that i actually really like that panama canal analogy i might steal that later yeah you can you can have that one i I, that's a jamie phillips original so i think it's hilarious um and on that note let's let's call it there but i think again like to just to kind of wrap this all up again if you're working on your training um if you can if it's possible moving through full ranges of motion probably a little bit better 
Um, if it's something that you can't do right now, you're new to training, you're having a hard time, you're like Jamie and your femurs are so long that you don't really have a hope of ever being that deep in a squat. Um, that's okay. It's not that big of a difference. You're going to be just fine training the way you are, just as long as you keep training smart and uh, working towards that. Mm-hmm. Jamie, good to go. Good to go. Enjoy this. Thanks for watching or listening. Uh, we're looking at different ways of distributing the resilient science so thanks for watching spending your time like subscribe give us a follow give us comments that all helps just kind of boost the algorithm all right everyone cheers mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.